Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 233. Feeling lucky? If you're on a Royal Caribbean cruise, Casino Royale is the spot for you to try your luck at a variety of games. But what does the casino entail? Which games are available? And how do you go about enjoying this venue? On this week's episode, we talk with a former crew member that worked in the casino to talk about what to expect in Royal Caribbean's casino. Here we go. When you're on a Royal Caribbean cruise, there's so many wonderful and fun things to do on board your cruise, going to the pool, floor riders, Broadway shows, and a whole lot more. But you know what? No matter whether it's day or night, there's always an, an opportunity, really, to enjoy one of the classic cruising experiences, which is to go to the casino. And while the casino still has plays a big role in Royal Caribbean these days, a lot of people may be unsure about what the casino offers or even how to go about going to the casino and enjoying that because, you know, depend, whether you gamble a little bit or you go crazy all in and, and bet the farm and all those other metaphors about gambling a lot, doesn't matter because the casino can be a really fun part of the Royal Caribbean experience. And to help me talk about uh, the casino on Royal Caribbean, I have brought on, first of all, an awesome friend, but also somebody who was has spent some time actually working in the casino for Royal Caribbean. It is the host of Ocean Time uh, videos on Facebook and on YouTube. It is Pippa. Pippa, welcome on back to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. Thanks for having me, Matt. I'm excited. Love it. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's great to have you back on here. And uh, not just because you have an awesome accent, but because we get to talk uh, Royal Caribbean together. And Pippa is one of the, like, the nicest people ever and very knowledgeable. I love, I love talking about Royal Caribbean. Absolutely. And uh, don't forget to check out, as I mentioned earlier, her YouTube her video series are on YouTube and Facebook. It's called Ocean Time. It's well worth your, your effort. She does a great job with that. Uh, and she does something I can never do, which is go on video, do videos. Uh, it's a lot of work, people, but she makes it look easy. <laughs> oh, that's, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pip, let's start off with, uh, first of all, tell us about your experience working for Royal Caribbean in the casino. What Were you like, were you a casino, did you have casino experience before you worked with Royal Caribbean or was this kind of your first uh, go around? No, um, they you have to have experience as a dealer or a cashier. Um, I had probably four or five years experience before going and working on the cruise ships um, and just an absolute amazing ex- experience. One of the perks of it is that when the, cas- uh, when the ship is docked, the casino is closed. So you get all that time in port, you're always off. Oh, that's interesting. I, I never really thought about that, but you're you're totally right about that because, of course, when the when the ship is docked in various ports, the casino and shops as well are closed due to some uh, restrictions with the countries that they're that Royal Caribbean is visiting. So you have that's no right. choice but not to work. That's right, and it's it is it's great. You know, you have all that port time off. But saying that, when you're working in the evening, you're working till three. You know, give or take three o'clock in the morning. But, um, you know, you're there to work hard and to play hard. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And you worked uh, eight years in the casino uh, across a couple different uh, cruise ships, uh, cruise lines, I should even say, Cunard, Royal Caribbean, and Celebrity. Which Royal Caribbean ships were you on? Oh, gee. Um, Started on the Song of America, then um, the Sovereign Splendor Viking Serenade, (laughs) Legend, uh, Grandeur, Monarch, and Majesty. 
Wow, some classic Royal Caribbean ships and their kids read up on those ships. They are classics. Definitely uh, <laughs> don't overlook their their important role they served with Royal Caribbean. Some still in the fleet, obviously. So what uh, what role did you serve within on, on Royal Caribbean in the, in the casino? Yep. So I was a croupier. I heard you didn't know what that word meant. I have no idea what that word means even now. What does it mean? <laughs> it's It's a dealer, a casino dealer. Oh, I had I would never yeah. guessed. Yeah. So I dealt blackjack, roulette, Caribbean stud poker and craps, all the all the classics. Okay, not bad. I like that. Um, of course I I know so I know roulette because there's no skill involved, it's just pure luck. And then the you know blackjack, so I'm going to learn that one. Uh, no, I don't know none of the pokers and I have tried to learn probably at least 3 or 4 times craps and I still to this day uh, all I know is hi- uh, hideaway, sideaway. You're supposed to yell something uh, in order to get one of those side bets going. But I- I'd be lying if I knew how to play that game. So I really have tried. I'm not like you know one of those people I learned and looked at it once. I really have tried. But I don't know, Pip. We're gonna have to go on a cruise. And you're gonna have to teach me firsthand. A hundred percent. And trust me, I-, I could teach you craps in literally five minutes. But also the beauty of uh, the casino on board Royal Caribbean is they do free gaming lessons. So they do it at the beginning of the cruise, but saying that even throughout the cruise, if you see an empty table and the dealers just by themselves, you can go up to them, ask them how to play that game that they're on, or even ask them questions about any other game in the casino, and they'll be more than happy to help you. That's a really good tip, actually, especially if you're on like sea days and you go to the casino in the afternoon when. You know, the casino's not nearly as busy. The casino definitely picks up as the day progresses, and as people alluded to, uh, really at night is probably prime time for them. But if you're there in the afternoon, you get an opportunity, you know, like like people said, there's an empty table. Feel free to ask. I've, I I agree with you 100%, Pip. There are some really friendly and talkative uh, uh, dealers there, and what's nice about gambling on Royal Caribbean versus some land casinos I've been to is that the atmosphere is very open to beginners and people who aren't quite sure and it has a little less of the pomp and circumstance that land casinos have in terms of you know what you can't what you should or shouldn't do and and i feel like that it's a little more inviting in that way yeah absolutely and also the beauty is that everyone's on holidays vacation they're in that mode so everyone's friendly you know absolutely so let's talk about the games you say okay people you've convinced someone to go i want to go to the casino where should they start how does it begin all right, so you can walk up to any table. Um, you can put over cash or you can use your CPASS card. Um, there is a 5% uh, uh, transaction fee, though, to take money out on your CPASS card. But um, so, yeah, there's that. Um, then if you want to play the gaming machines, the slot machines, you can put in cash is into the machine or, again, you can use your CPASS card. Yes, and word, quick word about the cash. Pip is 100% right about the 5% service charge they will charge you there. One of the things you probably want to do, first and foremost, I mean, if you can plan ahead, bring cash with you before you get on the cruise so you're not paying those fees. But uh, if you do need cash on board for the casino or for anything, really, you should uh, keep in mind that there is an ATM on board. And depending on how much cash you're taking out, the 5% from the casino may or may not be the best deal that's out there. Really, obviously, the ATM fees are a little different. And so, it, you know, for... 
basically figure out how much cash you're taking out and then figure out which fee is more advantageous for you so you're paying the least amount in fees but you can't absolutely get money uh, against your cash against your your stateroom account to use in the casino but I'll, to that point also another tip if you're just looking for cash is I've gone to the casino and taken cash out and then just use that you know for like short stuff right there's no there's no requirement that the money you take out of the casino has to be spent at the casino it can be a good ATM yeah yeah, yeah. Keep going. yeah Sorry very that. true that's right. Um, so with any of the table games, like I said, you put over cash, you get given chips, and those chips are to the value of what they have on them, and you can just use those to play. Absolutely. And the and the games themselves, a lot of people ask this question, Pippa, in, regardless if we're talking about slot machines or, or the tables, you need to use cash for all of them. There's no, uh, there's no like, you can't use your CPAS card as like a credit card, essentially. No, no, you'll get sort of, yeah, the chips or... The credits on the machine, yeah. Yep, very good. So uh, the slot machines, we'll assume, I think most people understand how a slot machine works and kind of how that works within you know using your cash there. Let's talk about some of the table games, and I don't know which game you'd like to start with as kind of a, uh, talking about that. All right, roulette. I like roulette. Love roulette. <laughs> and like you said, it's not hard. You just pick a number and hope it comes up. Absolutely, it's uh, it's a because there's it's that game. If you're not familiar with roulette, it's that game with the big wheel where you they the dealer spins the ball, little metal ball around, and whatever number it lands on is the number that wins. And uh, as you might imagine, this is the number the, the casino has no control over which number it's going to land on. It may land on thirty six for the next ten years in a row, probably not, but it could. And so uh, there's a it's it's one of those games where it can drive you mad because there's no logic to it. You know, a lot of times it's like mm, it hit red three times in a row. It's got to go black now. Like, no, it doesn't. It can go. You know, there's no there's no rhyme or reason to it. But it's what I like about it's it is funny that, it's that you fun. said that because the guy that actually invented the game was a French monk, and he actually went crazy because he couldn't work out a system. <laughs> and it, and it, I've got a bit of. A bit of trivia that if you actually add up every single number on the roulette wheel, it adds up to 666. Oh. And if you you add up the numbers across, so like you've got 1, 2, 3, that equals 6. You've got 4, 5, 6, adds up to 15. 1 and 5 is 6. And you can go down the whole roulette table with the numbers and it will work out to be 6. You blew my mind. <laughs> That's crazy. Isn't it? It is. Very, yeah. very interesting. But it, it is. It's a great game. You know, you can play the outside bets, which is the high, the low, the odd, even numbers, black, red. Uh, you've got dozens, which is the first, second, and third, or the columns. Um, and that's, you know, again, easy. It's sort of you get paid even money or two to one. It's not big risk, whereas the numbers on the layout there, you can get different amounts. So straight up on a number, 35 to 1. So that, you know, odds of getting, hitting a number is great, very high. Absolutely. One thing we should also mention about whether we're talking about roulette or any of the table games is look for a sign on the on the table that indicates what the minimum is. Then that's the minimum bet you must make per hand. So in roulette and Royal Caribbean, it's usually the outside bets, the you know red or black, odd or even. Uh, those are usually uh, five dollars, 
And then the individual numbers, they're $1, but they usually require you to make a $5 total bet. So, like, you can't just put $1 down on one number. You've got to bet the an aggregate of $5. And you'll see some other games, like whether it's blackjack or whatever, you'll see different minimums. That's basically the minimum amount of money you have to bet per hand. But that's helpful also to understand what is the minimum required. Some people don't bet above the minimum, and certainly you're more than welcome to do that. Um, but for a lot of times, if you want to make the money last longer or you're just looking to dip your toe in, that's an important number to know about so that you are aware of what the rules are for uh, making those bets on when you're going to play. Absolutely. And also during um, the quieter times, they might actually change the limits. So it might be a lower limit when like early on a C day compared to on a you know evening, that would probably be the highest amount you know, of that minimum. Absolutely. Good point. Um, all right. So we got roulette. What's the next game? Uh, blackjack. Okay. Well, we, I, this is a, yet another game I can pretend to know a little bit about. Well, you know, all you need to know is how to count to 21 and that's it. You know, the closest yeah. to 21 wins between you and the dealer. So, you know, I was teaching my kids blackjack the other day. It's a great, a great math game. <laughs> I stole all their money. It was great. No, actually, no. <laughs> they, they took me to the cleanest. <laughs> uh, um, Pippa, do you hit on 16? Oh, I do, but it depends if what the dealer has. If the dealer has a 10, a picture card, I'm going to hit on 16. If the dealer's got a 4, I'm going to stay. So you've got that basic strategy of blackjack, which you can go online and look up. People have little cards that give you those uh, the counting table. Um, if you're interested, absolutely look it up. Um, but for – and people ask me often, you know, about card counting – but for every probably 50 people that think that they can card count, there's only one that can probably truly do it. It is a skill and it is not easy. Yeah. Um, one, of the, one of the nice things about blackjack is you're, everybody, no matter how, who's playing with you, the other guests that are there, you're all playing against the house. So it's not like poker in which you're competing against each other. It's kind of – it's a little more communal in that way because you're all looking to – you know, you all want the everybody wants the house to bust and everybody wants to you know win, but your win doesn't necessarily uh, influence somebody else's win. So it's it's kind of a I've had some really fun times playing blackjack because you kind of all get especially if you get a good group together and you kind of yeah, get that yeah. you know that camaraderie. Yes, I had that the last time I was in Vegas. It was great <laughs> <laughs> with with Mister Hiller. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry about that. Big dog wrong. I, no, it was a great a great night on blackjack. Good, good. I'm glad to hear that. All right. So, what about craps? You said <laughs> like you. I've played it probably three times. I've learned, tried to learn it about six times. All I, here's what I know about craps: when you start out, somebody rolls the dice, and you, that sets your number. Unless you hit seven or eleven, then everybody gets all happy. But once yeah. you set your number, then. You don't. You never want to hit seven or eleven. You want to hit your number again and again and again, and never hit any other number as long as time will let you. But the compl- that seems easy enough. But the complication is there's like a thousand side bets going on at the same time that you can make to kind of you know make it more interesting, and yes. and, and that's where I'm completely lost. Okay. Well, you're you. I think you've got the the game down. That's fine. So absolutely, on on the first roll, a seven eleven, you're going to win straight away. 
a 2312, which is a crap number, you're going to lose straight away. And any other number just happens to be the six numbers on the table, which is the 4, 5, 6, 8, 9, 10. Okay. Once you hit, say, the first roll, you roll a 10. And then the only other two numbers matter, a 10, you're going to win, or a 7, you're going to lose. That's it. And then, like you said, you've got all those side bets that you can make. So you can make a bet on a hard 10, which is two fives. And so that will stay up there until either an easy 10, which would be a four and a six, because that's an easy way to roll it, Um, a seven, which you'll lose, or a hard 10, two fives, and you'll win, but your bet will stay up there. But And then, yeah, you're right. There are so many other side bets, but as the shooter, all you have to worry about is 10 you win, 7 you lose, that's it. That's the game. Yeah, it's one of those games you got to watch a lot of and then, you know, it, it helps when you have – like every game in the casino, it helps when you're beginning if you have some people with you who are certainly – uh, agreeable to kind of helping you along the way and kind of pointing out what you need to do there. But it's look when yeah. when when your numbers are hitting, it is the greatest game on earth. That's all I remember is that man. It was isn't great it? It is so yeah. much fun. It's you know <laughs> just because you've got you know, you could have twenty people around the craps table and just everyone hollering and cheering and yeah, your number hits and it's fantastic. It is a lot a lot of fun. Yeah, it's roulette can be like we said earlier. Roulette is. Roulette requires no skill. It's just throwing random numbers out there and colors, and maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. And it can drive you mad. At least with the roulette or with uh, craps, rather, there's a little more – not control, but it seems like there's a little more logic behind it because, again, you can set up your own bets along the side. And it's it's interesting the way you do it, and it's its, its own little game. And it's uh, – like I said, when I, when I can figure it out, it, it is a lot of fun. It's just, you know, kind of figuring <laughs> it out. Oh, sorry. Can I jump back to roulette? Yes, Absolutely. With roulette, you buy in, you get given a color, and that color you can decide if you want it to be for a $5 chip, a $10 chip, a $25 chip, and that color is yours while you're at the table. So you can place as many chips over the layout, and the dealer and yourself will know exactly where your chips are because that color belongs to you. So everyone has their own individual color. There you go. Good tip. Absolutely. And and so that and the chips stay on the table as well. So when you're finished playing, you hand the chips into the dealer. The dealer will um, cash them up and give you cash chips for them. All right. We've uh, we've exhausted all the games I can either I either know about or can pretend to know about. So what are some of the other games in the casino? All right. So very popular down under for the probably the last sort of 10, 10 years, is Texas Hold'em Poker. Mm. Have you heard about it? Yes. No, I've heard, of, I've heard of it. Yes, I've heard about it. This is the river one, right? Yeah, the flop, the river, the turn, yeah. Yeah. So it's just basically everyone gets two cards and there's five cards in the middle, five cards communal, and you just have to make um, – or you have to – you are betting against other people. So the house has nothing to do with it. The casino has nothing to do with it. It's you're playing against each other. How does the casino make money? Um, so there's, oh, what do you call it, a commission. So um, it will be 10%, depending on the casino, 10% of the pot. 
So uh, of the money in the middle that everyone's bet, they'll take a cut out of that. Got it. But there's a and, there's a limit of it. And but there's also a number there's a number a number of also other kind of poker variations that are offered by Royal Caribbean, right? Um yes, you've got Caribbean stud poker, which is everyone gets given five cards and you've just got to beat the dealer's hand. Okay. And um, another one that's coming through is three-card poker, where you get three cards, and again, you've just got to beat the dealer's hand. Interesting. Okay. And they've got uh, mini Baccarat uh, uh, on the ships in Asia. So Asia loves their gambling, their casinos. They actually put in more tables for the Asian market, um, but they have a lot of Baccarat tables. Okay, pretty cool. And then, of course, there's a slew, by the way, of also slot machines. Uh, there is the, uh, the 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 quarter game where you put the quarters in and it tries to move. Yeah, the, the treasure. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. old school. That's like we played that when we were kids at fairs. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, my personal favorite, the the cash crane, which, by the way, has like I, you're <laughs> you'll never win, but. Boy, is it fun to play that game. That's the game where it's like instead of the crane being like, you know, you get a toy as a kid. Instead, there's just yeah. there's just wads of cash that you're trying to grab. And again, yeah. it's it's a complete waste of money, but it's fun. I enjoy it. And yeah, know, well, that actually brings brings me to the cruise compass. So in the cruise compass daily, they have casino specials and that could be playing that claw game where you get one free go at it, you know, and oh. there's people lined up out out the casino. Um, they also have where double points. So if you're playing a slot machine, you actually get points towards your CPAS card, your account. And different times you can get double points. Um, also the, uh, was it, C- cruise director and the captain sometimes come along and do some dealing and you can play with them, which is a lot, a lot of fun. And even they have tournaments uh for slot uh yeah slot tournaments where you can actually win a cruise which is just sounds amazing (laughs) (laughs) it is i've seen the slot tournaments in person the slot tournaments are not so much a a tournament of skill in slots machines as it is a (laughs) tournament of how good your wrists are in terms of being able to hit buttons as quickly as possible it is impressive you you need to watch a slot tournament it's it's the first time I saw it, I, I was I was like, "Oh my god, this is not what I thought it was going to be." Uh, whereas the yeah. other tournaments are are really a tournament of skill, like you know how well can you win at the game and you know yeah. be the be the best at the end. Um, but it is important. I think you're absolutely right, Pippa. Check the cruise compass because there's every day there's going to be something going on in there. Uh, you also mentioned the points. Now tell people why the points are important. Why should they care about the points? Perhaps. So there's. A casino loyalty program with Royal Caribbean um, Casino Royale uh, is called Club Royale where you can, when you become a member, you get, I've got a list here, is the first one is a free cruise. Like you get given free cruises saying they give you a date for the ships but saying that you still have to pay the taxes, the fees, the port charges, the gratuities. Um, that 5% transaction fee that we were talking about earlier, that is actually waived if you're in Club Royale. You also can get free drinks just in the casino, which if you're in the casino a lot, then that works. Um, you also get a de- dedicated phone line um, where you can ring up Club Royale and they can 
do a lot of onboard stuff for you where that might be actually book a cruise and other things towards uh, your vacation. Absolutely. As you might imagine, it sounds wonderful. It is, but you need to gamble a fair amount in order to get into it. Um, So obviously if you're going down to bet 20 bucks on blackjack and then move on, not as (laughs) critical to you, but it is something nice that if you are going to spend a little bit of time at the casino to be aware of because you can, you, you can accrue points and, any game you're playing with the exception of the crap cash crane, <laughs> but um, whether you're playing slots or, or any of the table games, you uh, your CPAS card is what you're going to use to track yourself. And oftentimes when you're going to play a game at the tables, they'll ask you for your CPAS card. When you sit down at a, at a slot machine, there will be a, an option to put in your, sl- your, your CPAS card. And again, that, that's how they track. It's all based on how much you're gambling. Uh, I forget if it's per hour or per some period of time. And they kind of see how much you're gambling, how much you're winning. And that kind of goes into the algorithm for figuring out how many points you have. That's right. And another, there's a casino host and their job is to make sure that you enjoy, have a fantastic experience at the casino. If you have any questions, problems, go check out who the casino host is and they will sort it it all out for you. Absolutely. Uh, And also to your point earlier, sometimes people ask, you know, was there going to be a blackjack tournament on board or or a Texas Hold'em tournament on board, this is a good, also good resource to go to to get the information in advance. So that way you can plan ahead for it and certainly be aware yeah. of, of those kinds of things. So it's, it is really a, a helpful resource for getting your your uh, yourself uh, situated with everything that's going on during the casino during your cruise. Yes. No. Awesome. All righty. Are you ready to talk about the <laughs> the touchy subject of smoking? Yes, it's much better than the touchy subject of Billy. Um, so that's, I like this one a whole lot better. So uh, we got uh, smoking. Smoking, you can smoke in the casino. It's one of the few places, if only places, you can smoke inside on board the ship. Um, and uh, it's something that's, that's with the except, one exception, by the way. One ship you cannot smoke in the casino. Uh, of course, that would be Empress of the Seas. That um, is correct. Yeah, but all the other ships you're allowed to smoke on. Some ships, Pippa, if I recall correctly, actually have a smoking and non-smoking side. I'm not sure that really does anything, but theoretically, they do. There's... I think I think every ship does have a, a smoking and non-smoking sections, but yeah, it really doesn't doesn't matter. But saying that, out of Australia, it is non-smoking. I did not know that. Yes. So complete yes, the entire casino is non-smoking. That is correct. Out of, this is for cruises out of Australia, obviously. In North America, that's not the case. But uh, interesting. I, did, I was not aware of that. It's become more of a – you know, Pippa, I think it's become more of – not an issue, but it's, it's become more noticeable that they're smoking in the casino because Royal Caribbean has cut back on so many other indoor places that you can smoke. Yeah. Um, you know, back in the day, they probably wouldn't have been you know one of many. But these days, really, as a smoker, you've only got a couple places uh, that you can smoke, which is the casino – uh, usually the port side of the pool deck has a designated area for smoking. Um, some other places have it, like you know, on, on Freedom Class ships, they actually have a – there's a cigar club. All those cigarette smokers oftentimes hang out in there. Uh, yeah. And Quantum Class has a little area off of – I think it's by 270. Um, it's an outdoor area that they can go to as well. Um, but, yes, the casino is one of those spots you can still uh, smoke uh, no matter what time of the day. Mm. No, it's, it's when I was over in the States in September and just walking through the casinos and just 
not really remembering and being from Australia, we have a lot of uh, tough laws now on smoking. And so it was, it was, it was for me, a non-smoker, hard to, to play the games and stuff and be around that. And also because it makes your clothes smell and I can't exactly wash my clothes willy-nilly <laughs> on board. <laughs> Yeah, I I I understand exactly where you're coming from. I'm not I'm a non-smoker as well and you know, it's one of those things that smoking in casinos have been nearly synonymous for such a long time. Although that being said, you know, uh, I remember when I was in college, Pippa, they in New York they they banned after my first or second year of college, they banned smoking in pubs and bars. And yeah. at the time it was like I wasn't a smoker, but I was just like how can you do that? Like that's just like it's like part of the experience. And no, I've, now I can't even imagine walking into a bar with it smoky yeah. in there, so yeah. you know what? Uh, I look. I understand that people who do want to smoke need a place to do it, and I think it's the same thing that people that the casino for a lot of people is that opportunity. It's it's like part of the experience, for lack of a better yeah. way of putting yeah. it. Um, so yeah. you should be aware that there is a smoking component to the casino. Uh, I think obviously, if you're standing next to somebody who's smoking right away, well, then it's gonna be a lot more noticeable than maybe in the afternoon when it's a lot less busy, but. It is definitely a a component to the casino experience. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, we also should mention. Oh, you know what? Speaking of uh, speaking of vices, we should also mention that the casino is actually a lot of times home to decent drink specials. A lot of times in the cruise compass, you will find a lot of uh, you know drink specials where it's like two for one or happy hour, in which there are deeply discounted drinks. The casino has a bar in there, and your drink package works there just like anywhere else on the ship. And what's nice about the casino, though, if you're not on a drink package, is you can often find, I would argue, the most lucrative deals in terms of, like, you know, saving money. And that's usually because you'll find a lot of drink specials, like, in the, in the daytime when a lot of people aren't at the casino anyway. So that bar yep. is usually completely deserted. But you can yeah, the, absolutely drink there um, and order drinks. The last two drinks. cruises I've been on, are they called mimosas with champagne and orange juice? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, champagne and, and orange juice. And they're, absolutely. like, they're $2.00. It's it's really cheap. Um, yeah. The one thing, speaking of drinks, but if you're wondering, if you've been to some land casinos, there are no complimentary drinks in the casino, with the exception of what Pippa just mentioned earlier, which in the in the Club Royale program. But for you know, if you go to like a casino in Las Vegas or Atlantic City, you go into a casino, you're gonna get you get free drinks. That's not the case for normal uh, people, regular people <laughs> in the casino on Royal Caribbean. It's only if you're in the Club Royale, or obviously if you have a, a drink package. Yep. Yep. Cool. Um, I mean, it's a pretty good introduction to the casino. Um, I think that, you know, overall, and again, I've been to land casinos. I've been to Royal Caribbean's casinos. What I like about Royal Caribbean's casinos is the fact that it's very inviting for beginners. There's not a whole lot of pomp and circumstance. Like, if you go to a land casino in Las Vegas, not always, but there seems to be a little more air of, like, you know, establishment there. And so there's Mm -hmm. a little – first of all, the, the minimums are higher. And also, you're expected to know a little bit more. Whereas in Royal Caribbean, it's a great place to cut your teeth on certain games and get an opportunity to learn them. And I, I really like that aspect of it, Pippa. Um, I, I'm sure, obviously, you as a former, uh, uh, what you call yourself, a croupier? Dealer. Croupier. <laughs> croupier, yes. Uh, as a former croupier, you um, certainly, you know, I'm sure educated a lot of guests in, in your time, you know, with the various games. And I kind of like that, uh, that atmosphere of it. Yes. No, it's I, – I totally agree. It's very casual and just go try your luck and see what happens. 
Absolutely. Uh, we should also mention, by the way, if you're in Royal Caribbean's Crown and Anchor Society, which is the Royal Caribbean's, you know, customer loyalty program, there are sometimes some deals or some benefits that are associated with the casino. There's always a free spin. <laughs> There's like one slot machine in which you put your the, your coin. You go to the you go to the uh, the cashier. You show them your your Crown and Anchor card, your your CPAS card. They give you a. Each person gets a a a coin for this one slot machine, which you'll never win anything on it. I think the most I've ever won is a keychain on there. It's not a regular thing. Theoretically, I hear you you laughing. I have played it, what, four times, five times. I've won two t-shirts. Look, at you are a big winner if you've actually won a t-shirt because I have, I've never even seen that. I've seen the keychain. I've always felt like, yeah, it's, you know, you're not going to win it. But it should mention that theoretically, it's always fun to do. My wife will always go for that because, of course, it's free. Um, we yeah. have actually had all. We have had also. Uh, I remember I was on a Harmony of the Seas and other ships as well. They've had a uh, free match play where, like, you put in a certain amount and they give you a certain amount. So that's free yep. money right there that you can do. So basically, the bottom line is check your your Crown and Anchor uh, rewards because sometimes there are there's benefits whether it's free money or matched money or something like that that can you know certainly make it a little bit easier to go in as an excuse for you know spending a couple bucks. Absolutely, absolutely. And can I just mention me being an ex-Croupier dealer that deal the dealers and cashiers and slot techs and whoever, um, there are, they are allowed to accept tips. So if you have a big win and they've been entertaining, you know, you're more than welcome to please tip the dealer. Yeah, that's actually really good etiquette because uh, you're absolutely right. One of the, if you're playing a table game, you don't have to tip the slot machine. But for the uh, for the the table games, you know, if if the person's been helpful, nice, like Pippa said, or just in general, when you win, it's it's good, you know, etiquette to toss them a a little bit. You don't have to go crazy. I mean, certainly, you know, a dollar, a couple dollars here or there. It depends on how well your luck is running, certainly. Uh, but yeah, that is absolutely a a good form of casino etiquette. Also, then I can I'll tell you this tip. Then you can you can definitely just throw them the money or and tip, but you can also make the tip play with yours. So say if you're on blackjack, you put it at the the top of the corner of the box, and then so if you win, the dealer wins. Oh, interesting. All right, I've, I have seen I've seen that on like roulette a lot of times. Like they're they're picking different numbers, and then they flip one to the to the dealer just to make it interesting or fun. You know, like oh yeah, one for you pick yeah. a number, and if they win, so, hey, it's great. Okay. If you win, the dealer wins, and so the dealer is going to want you to win because then they win. Exactly. It's like it's always like <laughs> there's no correlation, but I used to. Um, uh, I, I have a deep fear of flying, Pippa, and my and my I used to fly with my grandmother. My grandmother. I would always say, you know, I'm really afraid of flying. Aren't you flying? She's like, eh, you know, it's it's I'm I'm old. If it's my time, it's my time. And I always told her, I never want to be on an airplane with you because I don't want to be on a plane with people who are not wishing for the plane not to crash. <laughs> and so, with that same time, it's like it's always good if you can have everybody at the table, including the dealer, be on, you know, the yes, please land on this number. You know, yes. you need all the good mental mojo possible. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I um, the biggest tip I ever received was twenty two hundred dollars. Wow, so, really? Yeah, 
Yeah, I uh, there was a guy I dealt to him the night before playing blackjack and had a really good night and he came into the casino and I sort of waved him over and I said, come and play. And it was Caribbean stud poker where you pay a dollar to go into the jackpot and the jackpot must have been $22,000. And he goes, oh, I don't know how to play this game. And I said, well, sit down, you know, I'll show you. And then I think probably five or six hands later, he wins the jackpot, the Royal flush and um so he tipped me 10 percent, which was very nice of him and then he came back in later and apologized because he didn't realize i had to share it with everyone (laughs) (laughs) so i was like that's okay you could you could buy me a gift i can't share a gift (laughs) i was very happy for him and this is also back in the day before because in America, don't you have to pay tax on gambling winnings? On yeah, after, above a certain threshold, I have no idea what it is. You should yeah, the casino will will let you know also if you, if you hit that threshold. But yes, after yeah. I mean, if you win twenty bucks, no one cares. But if you win, uh, <laughs> there's a certain threshold of uh, figure what it is. You have to you're supposed to declare it, Pippa. Let me put let me put emphasis on supposed to declare. Yeah, it. I know because you know what happened to international waters. Yeah, yeah, no, not, not not so much. But hey, what you your business with what do you tell the IRS or don't tell the IRS? It's not my concern. It's not even, it's just your, it's, that's your dealings right there. So yeah, yeah. Um, well, Pippa, thank you so much for taking the time to talk casino with us here on Royal Caribbean. Thank you, Matt. Can I just say one last thing? Yes. Um, whether it's you you in the casino or any other crew member, when you're filling out that survey, just to put in those special people's names, that really goes a long, long way with their onboard promotions um, and things like that. So if you can put down the actual individual's names, that would be awesome. That's yeah, it's a really good tip. And you know what? As much as the deal croupiers prefer, it would love to get me you know, a, a couple dollars here or there. If you really want to help that person out, they're really helpful. If you really like them, if they're really nice and whatnot, whether this is a dealer or anybody on the ship, Pip is 100% right. To help their career along in that post-cruise survey that Royal Caribbean emails to you, put their name down. You can just put, you know – Pippa from the casino because you don't know their last name or you know anything like yeah. that. They'll they'll find they'll find them. Don't worry Absolutely. about that. And back in the day, for me, I would get like days off, which you know when you're working six months sort of straight to get a day off is just you know icing on the cake. Amazing. So yeah, I can't you know any chance I get, I will always say please write people's names down on the survey. There you go. And while you're doing nice things, be sure to check out Pippa's videos again on YouTube and Facebook. Just search for Ocean Time, two words, and you will find her wonderful videos there and uh, very, very fun stuff. So definitely check that out. Pippa, thank you so much for joining me here. Thank you, Matt. I loved it. All right, it's time to answer your Royal Caribbean questions. This is the part of the podcast where I read the emails that you send in. We get to talk Royal Caribbean about whatever's on your mind, usually questions about planning your cruise, but really anything, whether it's a question about, you know, something you heard on this podcast or just want to talk about something that's happening in Royal Caribbean these days, share a cruise review. Basically, whatever you want to talk about, this is what we do at this part of the show. And you can always email me, Matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. 
Our first email this week is from Philip Davis Ritz. Hey Matt, love listening to your podcast. Lots of great info. I'm a carnival cruiser trying out Royal Caribbean for the first time. I'm going on a waste of the seas May 13th to 20th to celebrate my wife graduating her master's in nursing. I booked a crown loft suite, room 1732, which comes with priority boarding. You had a previous show talking about getting on the ship uh, to curb, but did not mention priority boarding. How easy is that and how does it work? Philip, great question. First of all, I think you're going to love Royal Caribbean, but I'm slightly biased, so I say that. Regardless, uh, you're staying in a suite, and you're on Oasis of the Seas. When you get to Port Canaveral, which is where Oasis of the Seas is currently based, but you get to your cruise terminal, and you have a priority boarding as a suite guest, you go to a special entrance. So there's a couple things. Number one, there's a special security entrance for suite guests. You usually see it as you approach the area, you'll see a suite guest here. There's usually large signage, but you can certainly ask anybody if you're unfamiliar with it. You go through security. And then you're directed to a special, obviously, you check in, and then a special seating area just for suite guests. Now, the seating area, depending on the port you're at, usually involves some nicer chairs, maybe some refreshments, but that's about it. Really, what it means by priority boarding is you get to board before everybody else. You are literally among the first people to board the ship. Usually, the way the boarding begins is suite guests and pinnacle guests, pinnacle being members of Royal Caribbean's uh, Crown and Anchor Society, the Customer Loyalty Program, the top, top, top of the list over there. And, of course, you. And you'll get to go in first, followed by descending order of Crown and Anchor Society membership and then the general public. So, really what that means is you'll spend the least amount of time, theoretically, in the cruise terminal. Once uh, boarding begins, you get to get on board the ship. And simple as that. And then you're on board sooner. So, it is pretty nice. I Having stayed on a number of suites... And taking advantage of the program, it was really nice. I remember we actually stayed, this wasn't Oasis of the Seas, but on Navigator of the Seas in Port Miami, which is not a port that was, you know, it's not a dedicated terminal for Royal Caribbean. It's just something that they use over there. And there was a special area for sweet guests. But, you know, I think we sat there for like a grand total of about two minutes. And I'm like, all right, guys, go. You're, you're, you're going on board. So it definitely does make a difference in getting, you know, certainly speedier and the, the same is also true don't forget Philip of your disembarkation so when it's time for your when your cruise is over on the last day womp womp and it's time to get off you also have predatory disembarkation which allows you to bypass part but not all of the line between getting you know when you're on board the ship even through the cruise terminal all the way up to security usually you're escorted and again you're for that purpose is for the disembarkation your concierge which is the sweet attendant person, uh, maitre d', whatever you want to call them, will be the person that will escort you and give you all the information once you're on board the ship. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a nice perk. I would argue, especially for families, that the priority embarkation and disembarkation is my favorite perk offered by the suites. It feels like it's the one benefit that I really, truly look forward to taking advantage of, and I really feel like there's absolute value in that. You know, some of the other perks are like nice-to-haves and certainly, you know, pluses, but the priority embarkation and disembarkation make a huge difference, especially, again, we I've got two kids, and having <laughs> the least amount of time I have to wait, the better. <laughs> Just not only for me, but for anyone around me, because, you know, they get antsy, you know how kids are. So I relish that perk, and I think you're going to love that one as well. Congratulations to your wife on graduating in nursing school. That is awesome. And I think you're going to have an awesome time on Oasis of the Seas. It's a fabulous ship. I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts when you get back from your cruise. Our next email is from Murph, who writes, I recently cruised on Harmony of the Seas, and I thought I'd give a quick review. Uh, before I do, let me preface this by saying I am old school cruiser. I'm on uh, sailing number 32. 
The staff throughout the ship was exceptional, and what I've come to expect from Royal Caribbean. It's a massive ship with many passengers. There are many activities, but too much to see and do on a seven-day cruise. I was disappointed in only two things. The lack of a quiet spot on the ship to read was missing, and two, the food lacked the high quality usually expected from Royal Caribbean. Another good thing is I got to do my favorite cruise activity, people watching. The shows like Columbus the Musical, Grease, and the Aqua Theater were fantastic. I can hardly wait for my next cruise, probably on Freedom Class, thanks to the podcast and keep up the good work. Murph, thank you so much for your uh, review over there. Love hearing that. I'm so glad you had a good time on Harmony of the Seas. And, you know, lack of a quiet spot on Harmony. Let me give you a couple... This is not going to help you, obviously, going forward. But if someone's looking to cruise on a ship like Harmony of the Seas, or really any Oasis-class ship, I'll add, and wants a quiet space to read that's not their stateroom, of course, a couple places come to mind, certainly. Number one, first place I thought of was on the back of the ship on deck four. That's the jogging deck. But on the back, they, Royal Caribbean has actually added chairs, lounge chairs you can sit on, and you have a perfect view of the wake, and it's about as quiet as it gets over there, certainly on a cruise ship. I mean, other than the passing person walking by, I mean, it's largely unknown, quite honestly. In fact, it's one of the secrets of Harmony of the Seas. We have a blog post where we have the top ten Harmony of the Seas secrets, and uh, that particular spot makes the list because it is really quiet, and I don't think many people know about it. So that's a great reading spot. I think Central Park in the daytime is pretty quiet. You can get some noise bleed from the pool deck because, of course, Central Park is the bottom of a canyon that if you were at the top of the canyon, you'd be in the pool deck. So if that makes any kind of sense. Uh, so with that in mind, certainly the, uh, you know, I, I think it's among the quieter spots there. I think it's a good place. Actually, you know what's really speaking of places that most people don't go? How about Vintages, the bar on Harmony of the Seas? It, it's a rather large space, but in my experience, like nobody goes there. It's very quiet. Well, there could there be some other people there chatting? Sure. But it's not like the pool deck. I mean, it, it's enclosed. You know, there's a door access. Uh, it's, especially in the daytime, it's usually very quiet. Evening, you know, maybe get some more folks in there. But I feel like no one ever goes in there. So that's definitely another spot that I can think of that would be quiet, certainly during the daytime for reading. Uh, beyond that, I, I'm trying to think of, I mean, I'm really trying to think of, like, really quiet spots. You know, something that's, like, where could you go on board Harmony of the Season, which there would be, like, literally nobody making an, a peep kind of spots. And, you know, a lot of times, if it's nice, if the weather cooperates, almost anywhere indoors, if you're a Diamond member, the Diamond Lounge is always a good spot in the the daytime. You know, basically when there's no free drinks there, it's usually very empty. Same can be true for the Concierge Lounge if you're a sweet guest. Uh, There are some other public spaces. Uh, The library might be a good space for that as well that you can consider. Uh, But seek it out. You know, walk around. Uh, You'd be surprised, honestly by how many spaces there are. You know, a lot of times these new ships get kind of flack for, oh, there's as much public space as there used to be. But I really do feel there are areas for you. You just have to seek them out. But there's, you know, three or four that I can think of off the top of my head. In addition to, of course, your stateroom. And if you have a balcony, people swear that the reason they book the balcony among, but cheap, you know, for like the number one reason is to have that private area very quiet and being able to enjoy that. So, Murph, thank you for the email. Great review as always, and I appreciate your emails. Our next email is from Audrey, who writes, Please send more ships out of Cape Liberty. And she put a smiley face emoji on the email. Audrey, thank you for the email. And good news, I mean, obviously Anthem of the Seas is based there, which I think is a fabulous ship in and of itself. But Adventure of the Seas is going to be coming to uh, Cape Liberty in this year, 2018. So good news for you, Audrey. You've got another ship to choose from. You know, being that it's in New York, obviously with the seasons, you only have so many options there. It's got to be warmer 
weather for, you know, obviously more sailings to be offered there. But having Anthem of the Seas is nothing to, to overlook. It's no, with the, with apologies to the Enchantment of the Seas fans out there, uh, it's no Enchantment of the Seas. It is not something that's a little, you know, smaller ship that doesn't offer a lot. I mean, this is one of the best ships in the fleet. So while you may not have the variety of ships that you find in, say, Florida, you do have the one of the best ships in the fleet in Anthem of the Seas, both in entertainment, dining. Uh, it's just, it's an incredible vessel. And of course, uh, you know, I, I I love it. I really do enjoy going on there so much so. We're doing a group cruise on her on Anthem of the Seas in 2019. And of course, you can always join us for that by going to realcommandblog.com slash events. Look at that. I almost made an entire episode without a shameless plug. <laughs> Who was I kidding? Uh, so we have there uh, that. But you've got an adventure coming up in the summer. So something to look forward to as well. Thank you for the email, Audrey. Our next email is from uh, Pam West, who writes, They need to let us smoke on our balcony. I can understand the room, but I don't understand the balcony. When people go on a vacation, they want to relax and enjoy it. There's nothing relaxing about getting dressed and running upstairs to take a smoke. When we're at sea, there is plenty of airflow outside the ship, and there are not that many people on their balconies. I've been cruising the Royal Caribbean for 20 years, and I want to, and I want to, I don't want to go anymore because I can't enjoy my vacation that I paid for. I know a lot of people will not cruise anymore due to the smoking policy. I can take my hard-earned money and go elsewhere, and that I can relax and enjoy it. Royal Caribbean needs to accommodate everyone's needs, and smokers have rights too. Pam, thank you for the email. You know, it's an interesting topic, certainly the debate of, you know, where smokers should or shouldn't be able to smoke. It's been something that's been, you know, I think discussed quite a bit over the last number of years. And, you know, I, I think you're right that there's certainly, there is the opportunity, there should be an opportunity for you to be able to, if you're a smoker, to, to smoke. I will also point out that there are plenty of places on there. You're, you're, let's focus though on, on your particular issue here, Pam, which is your balcony. Right, because there are public areas to smoke on board the ship. It's not to say you can't smoke on board the ship at all. There are places. The casino is an indoor spot that you can go in and smoke there. Uh, one half of the pool deck on one side is available for you, and some ships like Anthem of the Seas offers a, an additional area here or there. But your balcony, here's what, and and I'll tell you this. Of course, now Pam, I got to admit, I'm a non-smoker, so I'm equally as biased in my answer to you as your question was sent in to me, right? Of course, if you're a smoker, you're going to come on one side of the fence and someone else. But being as objective as I can, here is the issue. When you smoke on your balcony, yes, theoretically you've got the wind flow and the smoke goes out and the poof, gone, right? And no one's really getting it. However, the way that the air flows from a cruise ship is the smoke can absolutely flow from one balcony to another if you're within two or three balconies of that of said balcony. So if you were in one balcony and I was one or two balconies downwind from you, you absolutely can smell it. I've smelled it before from some other guests before the policy was changed. On my last cruise on, was it Independence of the Seas? I think it was on Independence. They uh, Someone was smoking on the balcony. And at first, I was so surprised by it because I didn't. It's been so long since I smelt it on a balcony. I was like, "What is that smell?" And I was like, "Oh, someone's smoking." And sure enough, you, I poked my head out the balcony, and I could see them, you know, moving their their armor around and and doing that, clearly breaking the rules. But you know, it is what it is. So it's not to say that it's impossible for somebody if you're on a balcony for the smoke not to affect somebody else. Of course, that is the case. Now, I will also point out that. Do I really care if I get a whiff of cigarette? No, not really. I mean, it's not like I'm hanging out with, you know, constantly. Uh, it's not really going to have any, you know, real effect on me in my unscientific opinion. But uh, there are certainly a lot of people who are much more sensitive than I am to, to cigarette smoke or cigar smoke or whatnot. And whether it is a personal preference, whether it is an allergic reaction, there's a variety of things that are there. And those people are entitled, just as equally as you, to have a... 
not pain-free experience, but a, a pleasurable experience on board. So I can understand your frustration, Pam. Certainly as a smoker, I'm sure you would love to be able to light up, especially in the morning. You know, Like you said, you don't want to wake up in the morning. You want to have your cigarette. And you don't want to have to necessarily get up and, you know, get dressed to go get your cigarette. I, I, I can sympathize with that in the same way I can sympathize with somebody who uh, is is really allergic to cigarette smoke and it can have some nasty effects on them. You know, the same token that they shouldn't be have to deal with that as well. So, you know, what it really comes down to is Royal Caribbean decided, well, between the two choices, let's go with the choice of, you know, saying, well, I'm sorry, Pam, but this is the rule and we're going to have to have you go over here where you can smoke to your heart's content. There's nobody going to tell you otherwise. And those are your designated spots. Certainly, I see these kind of policies not only in other cruise lines, but other other uh, public areas. Uh, some parks have this. Theme parks. Walt Disney World is a great example of this. They have designated smoking spots, even though you're clearly out in the open and you know you you, t- you take your head and you. I've seen people. I don't know. <laughs> you, you smoke up in the air, right? So the smoke goes up almost like a chimney, and you know out and. Look, it's still the case they have designated areas. It's it's the happy medium, really, between just saying, okay, anybody, you can smoke anywhere, and being able, and of course saying, no, we're not allowing any smoking at all. Uh, and, and that's the best answer I can give you, Pam. I'm sure it's not what you're looking for. And certainly, if this is an important thing to you, and I always tell people this, with any policy that they don't enjoy that Royal Caribbean offers, is voice your displeasure the best way you can with your wallet. And if you're really that adamant about it, and it really bothers you that much, then... Okay, then perhaps you should voice that by saying, I'm not going to cruise with Royal Caribbean, which I think you basically did in the email. Uh, you know, but let them, you know, you could certainly send them an email or a letter about that. But, you know, it, it's kind of one of those things. It is what it is. is. I'm, I'll be honest with you, I'm not terribly familiar with what the entire industry policies are. But I do know that Royal Caribbean smoking policy mirrors quite a bit of its peers, its contemporaries in the cruise industry. So... I'm sorry. To, I'm sorry that the answer wasn't better for you, Pam. But I hope at least it maybe sheds some more light onto the greater uh, idea there. Certainly, if you're looking for more discussion about it, I highly recommend checking out the Royal Blog Message Boards, where debate and uh, where, where actually a, um, a civilized debate and and pleasant discussions are encouraged there. And that's on our message boards at RoyalCrimblog.com. But thank you for the email, Pam, and thank you for listening. Do appreciate that. Next, we have an email from Andrew, who writes, Hey, Matt, just want to share a couple things. You don't need to read this on the podcast, but just more FYI. I love reading on the podcast, Andrew, so I'm going to read it right here. First, we stayed in a boardwalk balcony, and even with the locking the balcony door, the sounds from the balcony were quite audible, especially the big bell that people rang when the carousel was about to start or stop, as well as the aqua shows. It wasn't the end of the world, and these sounds certainly died by about 10 p.m. Secondly, I either misunderstood your podcast, or it wasn't clear on what exactly was going to be available right now with the with the new app that Royal Caribbean is developing. I downloaded the Royal Caribbean app, was excited to try all the new features that were talked about, but it turns out that pretty much all the features have not been rolled out yet. Literally, the only thing that we had were the deck plans of the ship, a cruise compass that contained only a small percentage of the actual things going on. In the end, I just started carrying around the regular compass again. Additionally, during online check-in, it had us take photos and upload them, but when we got to the pier, they didn't have the photos, and they ended up taking our photos again. Wow. Uh, we did have to print off a set sail pass for everyone in the stateroom because, as you said, the cards are now in the stateroom, one of them outside the door. This process caused us a couple of headaches because we had pre-purchased the beverage packages and our set sail passes did not uh, say that we have them in there. So we had a couple of issues with the drinks before we get to a room showing that we had them on our accounts. I went down to the desk and they had them removed. But the new process seemed to add additional heartache rather than streamlining it. 
Andrew, thank you for the email. I'm so glad we read this on the podcast. I'm going to go through these because I think there's really good stuff here. Number one, thank you for sharing your, your, your thoughts on the noise factor as a boardwalk balcony on an Oasis class ship. You know, it's noise is one of those things, Andrew, that we all perceive it differently, right? Some person, some people are right, like, oh my God, it was so noisy. And other people are like, well, I heard something. And some people say, what noise, right? Uh, and certainly, I, you know, these aren't soundproof rooms. No room is soundproof. But, you know, it's, it's, I, I guess my take on it was, you know, again, the sounds generally die down in the evening, and that's fine for sleeping. So, uh, you know, I don't perceive, and I, like you said, it wasn't the end of the world, but thank you for sharing your thoughts there. Now, secondly, and I apologize for not making this clearer, Andrew, in my podcast. So, Andrew's referring to the new app that Roker is developing that has been rolled out to Oasis, Allure, and Serenade of the season, at least of the recording of this podcast, and it'll be coming to the rest of the fleet by the end of 2019. So you're not incorrect, Andrew. The app, while I said this available on Oasis, Allure, and Serenade, it's not the full functionality is not quite there yet. Uh, Royal Caribbean only has a partial subset of features available with the intention of rolling out the full set of features. When I when I was in New York for the media event, when I re- when, and what I reported on the podcast was I got to play with the full set of features. That's not the case yet, and I apologize, Andrew, for not being more clear as to what the feature set is now and what is going to be later on. Almost 95% of what I tried out in New York is not available yet. It's coming, quote-unquote, soon. When soon is, nobody knows. So a really common question is, Matt, which ships will get the new app when and all any kind of timetable related to this? The only I don't know it because Royal Caribbean hasn't said it. I've asked them about it. I haven't gotten any response back from it. The only timetable I am aware of for this new technological uh, innovation or advance or feature addition is that by the end of 2019, it is supposed to be fleet-wide, and fleet-wide includes not only Royal Caribbean International, but also Celebrity and Azamara. So, that there's that in mind. But if you're going on a cruise on Oasis, Allure, Serenade, and maybe another ship or two between now and the next couple of months, you may not get the full feature set. I do think it's worth downloading just, for, just to try it out and see what you think about it, uh, but to Andrew's point, it's not a full feature set yet. If and when it does get released, do we get a full feature set or more features added? How about that? I will certainly report on it at royalcrimeanblog.com. And uh, hopefully, looking forward, it will be something that's going to really change how we cruise. But you're right, Andrew. And listen, today, right now, it's not quite there yet. So... I'm actually really surprised to hear about the online check-in and the photos because I've done that on Anthem, I've done that on Quantum, I've done that on Harmony, I've done that on Allure, and in all those cases, we took the photos, we completed the online check-in, and then they didn't take our photos at all after that. Once we got to the actual terminal, it was very streamlined. So I'm not sure what happened there, Andrew. I, one of two things, uh, user error, no offense, <laughs> oh, or second, your system just decided, eh, we don't really want to work today, and there could have been an IT error of some kind that kind of affected your, your particular sailing. It's been known to happen. So uh, I trust that you uploaded the photos, and I, I got to think it's on them. But like I said, Andrew, I've done it a number of times. Plenty of other people have reported the same thing. So I got to think that's an anomaly because what's supposed to happen when you go on, a, on an Oasis class ship or a Quantum class ship is before your cruise, you upload a photo of yourself for everybody. And so that avoids the step later on. Uh, and it's part of your set sail pass. So you put in your passport information, all that other things. In addition, you also take your photos. And that way, when you get to the terminal for check-in, you don't have to do all that kind of stuff. They already have all that, and it makes it a little quicker. Now, you're right about the uh, – regardless of the photo thing for a second. Once you get on board the ship, before your staterooms are ready, you don't have your sea pass cards yet if you're on an Oasis or Quantum-class ship. When you go to check – when you want to go use that sea pass card, you want to go buy a souvenir. You want to use your drink package, which you already paid for. 
you can do so because you're still supposed to have that piece of paper, your set sail pass, because that's how you get into the cruise terminal and begin with. This is your documentation to basically identify yourself to Royal Caribbean. Like, hey, I'm on the sailing. Here's my name and blah, 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 blah. But they should give that back to you after you check in at the terminal and you hold on to that because you're going to need that to get actually onto the ship. Once you get, you know, say, okay, boarding group, whatever, you're up now. They're going to check it again. They're going to scan that as you get into the uh, onto the ship. And it is your means of which to – there's usually a barcode right towards the bottom or middle of it. And you can use that to uh, use your drink package benefits until you actually get your C-Pass card. I'm surprised that wasn't the case, Andrew. And it uh, wasn't quite clear based on your email if the pieces of paper – I mean, it may not list it, right? It's not going to say Andrew has the drink package. What it should have is a barcode, and the state, the the waiter or the bartender should be able to scan that, and bam, you're off to the races. That's been my experience, anyway. So I'm sorry to hear that you have ran into an issue there, Andrew. But you know, uh, all in all, it sounds like you had a you know you had a good cruise, and I appreciate you sharing the feedback there. Thank you very much, and thank you to everybody for listening to this episode of the Royal Grand Blog Podcast. Don't forget, you can send me your emails by sending me an email to Matt. Uh, M-A-T-T at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com Matt at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg and we'll talk again soon.